Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. And you're in the house of the Lord today. Turn to your neighbor right now and tell him you are in a good place. Go ahead, tell him that. I mean, you are. Wow, we worshiped him, praised him. He's here. We can expect him to do any good thing. All those things we read in the Bible, we're going to talk about that in a little bit here. But uh, man, oh man, you know what, Pastor Jake, I, I just feel we got to do something here. Everybody stand up. And uh, do you know that making decrees and declarations is very, very important? Okay, Satan has just had two years where he has just thought he can come in with his death and his destruction and all this junk, and he has, and some people have died, and it's real, okay? But we are here in favor of the kingdom of heaven. And I think that we ought to declare into the air of this house and into the air of La Crosse and on Alaska in southern Wisconsin that America shall be saved. How about that? You ready? America shall be saved. Let's do it again. America shall be saved. One more time. America shall be saved. How about Wisconsin shall be saved? Wisconsin shall be saved. Hallelujah. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Well, Pete Cooper, come on up here, please. Uh, stay standing, please. I'm just going to release Pete on you here for a couple minutes. He's just going to release a healing blessing and a, a healing declaration here. I, I want to just tell you real quick, Pete, I'll tell him that lady in the uh, gray outfit at the end of the video there was jumping up on the platform. The reason she was jumping around was she was healed of a broken leg. Okay, cracked femur right through. Couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. She was carried to our field. And we just did what Pete's going to do right now. Just declared healing over the crowd. And that woman's leg came back together. She got up. It was instantaneous miracle. It was amazing. Hallelujah. So Pete, God bless you. Pete's our outreach director of Heart of the Father Ministries. He's been with us five years. Welcome him in the house here today. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow. I'll tell you what. Wow. How many times do you get to come into the house of the Lord and worship like you guys did this morning? You guys probably get to do that every Sunday. I come from a very small church. It doesn't rock out like that. So it's just like, man, I was in tears. It was, it was wonderful to see. There's something that the Lord has placed upon my heart this morning, and it's this. It's, uh, have all the kids left? They already left, didn't they, huh? Okay, well, this is the thing. If you're a parent, I want, you, I want your hands raised right now if you're a parent with a child here today. All right? Okay, now, if you're a parent and you have children that aren't here today, I want you to raise your hand. Because I'm going to make a declaration right now. I'm going to say this. That the forerunners of death be broken off from your children from this day forward in the name of Jesus. That the forerunners of death be broken off in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you, we sang about it this morning, and it's this. That the last enemy, say the last enemy, enemy. that will be defeated defeated. is death. death. And Jesus did that. And Jesus did that. So I have no fear over raising my children. That the forerunners of death will not come upon them. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, and uh, the other thing was this, is last week, somebody in this room is experiencing a collision with your family. Now, when we talk about healing, I know the first things that kind of come to mind are physical things. But I want to tell you that the Lord wants to heal families that are in a collision right now. And I want you, by faith, if you will, if you have boldness, I want you to raise your hand if you think that that's your family, that you're in a collision right now, that things are coming up against your family and you want God to break that off. 
right now as by faith, by raising your hand, Lord. I want you to see them, Father. Right now, be broken off in the name of Jesus. These collisions, the collisions that come through the mind, through the imagination, Lord. We break it off in the name of Jesus and we say no to it. We say stop and halt. You will turn around and you will go in the name of Jesus. So I just want you to tell your enemy right now to go and do it in a bold voice. Do it. Go. Get away from me and get away from my family. I want you to walk that out. I want you to walk that out in authority. Amen. So, Father, right now, yeah, you can give him praise for that. Hallelujah. Yeah, he's a loving God. He has the heart of a father. Amen. So, Lord, I just thank you right now. I lift up each person up into you right now, Lord. Father, there are things that are beginning to happen right now. Eyes closed, hands raised, the power of God fall upon you. Right now, the healing power of the Lord to fall upon you in Jesus' name. Lord, be released right now in the mind, Lord, in the endocrine systems, Lord. Blood levels right now in the name of Jesus come to normal. Right now in the name of Jesus, I command it by the authority given to me by the Father, by the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for the work that you're doing right now in bodies. Father, right now in joints, I thank you. Father, I command these, these joints... I command these joints to become strong and to become whole, to unput, to start popping, to start moving. Lord, that they be loosened in the knees, in the shoulders, in the elbows and wrists, the fingers, the hands, the arthritis right now. I command you to leave right now in the name of Jesus. I say full range of motion upon your bodies in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Full range of motion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Livers, hearts, kidneys. I say, come and be whole right now in the name of Jesus. Now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Move around a little bit. I just want to tell you that one thing that we've learned and multiple times that Dr. Nichols has told us that something's going to happen to you and some things are going to happen to you over the course of this day and that by tonight, you're going to come back here and there's going to be a report and there will be a report. See, God wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be whole so that you can fight. It doesn't do us any good, right, for a church body to be lame. Amen? He wants us strong and to have a strong mind. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just command right now in the name of Jesus that feet be healed. Lord, the heels and Achilles Lord, be whole in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, as you work up, Lord, from the ground up in Jesus' name. Lord, into calf muscles. Lord, into tremors. Lord, into twitches. Into, into restless leg syndrome. I come against it right now in the name of Jesus. Into the patellas. Into kneecaps. Into sinews. Into tendons. Into, into, into nerve endings. Be whole in the name of Jesus. Come whole in the name of Jesus. Sciatica, I command you to leave this room in the name of Jesus. Go. Pain of sciatic nerve, go in the name of Jesus. Into the hips, I say be healed. I say full range of motion. Hip flexors, come strong right now in the name of Jesus. As you move up, Lord, into the lower regions of the back, Lord. The T12 the T1s, Lord, that you are moving in and through the thoracic cavity. Right now, Lord, I thank you and for healing to come. For scoliosis, go in the name of Jesus. You have no authority here. You are a crownless devil and you are a fiend. And I command you to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Straighten up backs and necks. Hallelujah. Thoracic cages healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. TMJ, listen to me. Get out. Get out. You do not have authority. You do not have a crown. Jesus is Lord. So go. Full range of motion. Ability to speak properly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Diseases of the jaw and the teeth be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, so many other things, Lord. You know, Lord, the condition of your people here. Lord, we declare wholeness and healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right. Now, moving around a little bit, huh? 
Move it around a little bit. I want you to walk that out in faith, all right? Because later on, we're going to ask people to come forward and to talk about that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks, Doc. Hallelujah. Let's give it up for Jesus. Jesus threw Pete here today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pete. You may be seated. Hallelujah. How many of you would just say right now, something changed, something twitched, something popped or whatever? Just hold up your hand here across the air. Hands going up all over the place. Give him some more praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a mighty God. Well, bless the name of the Lord. We want to invite you to stop at our table out there in the foyer as you leave today. And we've got Andy. Where's Andy at? Wave at everybody so Andy can see her. She's out there. Okay, all right. Boy, she's faithfully right out there. Uh, we got a great set of teachings out there called the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Looks like this. You might want to grab hold of that uh, on your way out. And um, if you buy anything at the table today, here's our Red Hot Special. We'll give you this little book free, How to Receive Your Healing from God and Keep It. Receiving your healing is great. Keeping it is even better. <laughs> Amen. Because the enemy comes and he tries to steal it back. These are our Be Healed cards. We've got several different designs of these. And they are designed not to just wish people to somehow get well. Those are get well cards, okay? These are Be Healed cards. And uh, we expect people to be healed when we mail these to them. And each one comes with this CD that's in the back here. And it is not teaching or preaching on healing. It is a healing declaration. Kind of like what Pete did here a while ago. This one was given in a town called Mora, Minnesota, on a night where dozens of people got healed, including a, a young boy, who, a six-year-old boy had autism, had never spoken a complete sentence in his life, was just talking like a magpie to his mom in the van on the way home. Listen, I'm telling you, Jesus heals autism. Autism has got to bow to the name of Jesus. Can you say amen to that today? Hallelujah. So those are out there as well. Um, we have a flash drive. That's what's in here. It has everything on the table and a whole lot more. So you might want to check that out for you techie people. And this is our brand new newsletter that we just sent out a couple days ago. Grab one of those. They're free. They're on the table. And if you'd like to uh, receive our newsletter, just sign up there and you will start receiving it. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's get that PowerPoint going here, guys. And uh, we're going to have an amazing time here this morning. All right. Is there any way to get it on the back one here, too? No? Okay. All right. Here we go. So we're going to talk today about the reality of demons. Pastor Jake personally asked me to address this topic and Pastor, I just want to commend you. This is not a topic that people usually want you to talk about, okay? It's kind of like, well, it's there, but, you know, whatever. And, and there are really two mistakes that people make with the whole subject of demons. One is, once they realize they're real and there's, there's really something to it, then you get all enthralled with it, and then everything is a demon. And that's wrong, okay? But the other error is far more pervasive in the United States of America, and that is, well, we're just not going to talk about this, and we hope this never happens, and hey, you got it working back there. Awesome. All right. So, demons are for real. And I really believe Pastor's heart in, in uh, wanting this subject uh, brought forward here is in preparation for what's coming. If you think America is going to be saved and we're never going to have to deal with a demon spirit, I'm sorry to have to give you a wake-up call here today. You're going to have to deal with demons. And so let's go to this next slide. We are interested in enforcing the victory of Jesus. That's what it's all about. Amen? Amen. All right. So next slide, please. I want to just start with... Uh, a small technical issue. Okay, uh, back, back to the other one there. Oop. The uh, Apostolic Reformation one. How many of you believe we're in an Apostolic Reformation right now? 
Anybody believe that? I mean, well, all three of you, God bless you. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just here to tell you today, there is an apostolic reformation on. There is a, rest, a restoration of the fivefold ministry, the teacher, the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet, and the apostle. And they are for today. Can anybody say amen to that? Okay, the, the idea that kind of splits them in half and kind of gets, you know, well, well, we'll take evangelists, we'll take pastors, we'll take teachers, but whoa, prophets and apostles. Listen, when revival comes and the awakening presence of God comes, the whole reality of this New Testament comes to life. Can you say amen to that today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, part of... The apostolic reference. Oh, by the way, if to go with me in this message this morning, you're going to have to get out of your mind a little bit. Okay, <laughs> I'm very educated, uh, but I got out of my mind a long time ago, and I came here today to get you out of yours. Your rationalistic mind, your humanistic mind. Your, your American cultural mind, and what we want to do is we want to get into the mind of Christ. Does anybody want to get into the mind of Christ here today? Hallelujah. All right, let's do that. Well, I'm going to summarize that first slide for you, okay? All right, and, and it is this. We have got to take a hold of our English language and how we talk about demon spirits and what they can do to people. We have a phrase, a word combination, that has been used in the English language, here we go, for many years, and it's called demon-possessed. People say that word all the time, demon-possessed. So in honor of Martin Luther, who gave us 95 theses 500 years ago, I'm going to advance four here today, okay? I'm going to give you four theses, and the first one is this. The King James Version wrongly translates, and that's a Greek verb right there, daimonizomai, as demon-possessed. And the English uh, Bible translating tradition has followed the King James ever since then, and, and most of your Bibles uh, use that now. Number two, the Greek verb daimonizomai should be translated demonized. Now, everybody scream right out loud, why is this a big deal, doctor? Why is this a big deal? Because of number three. The English word possession implies ownership and should not be used to describe a demon's influence on a person. Can I tell you assuredly that when Jesus died on that cross, when Jesus went to that whipping post, when Jesus went out there and, and descended into the lower parts of the earth, and when he was raised from the dead on that third day, the ownership of Satan, of the human race, ended. Can anybody say amen to that today? So let's stop letting Satan tell us he owns people. He doesn't. I don't care how heavily demonized they are, and I'm going to show you some things here as we go along through this. I don't care how heavily demonized they are. Satan does not own them. Jesus bought them. He paid for them with his blood. He paid for them, and the power of God rocked the world when Jesus came out in the resurrection. So that's pretty much number four. Jesus' victory takes away every claim of Satan that he owns human beings. Hallelujah. Are you ready to reform your language? No more demon-possessed, demonized. If a demon is influencing a person, they're demonized. And we're going to get rid of it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. All right, Acts 10.38. Man, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Acts 10.38. I'm going to just read it for you. Here it is, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Did you know that even the salvation from sins is a kind of healing? 
The word, the word healing is way bigger than, as Pete said this when he was up here, it's way bigger than just physical diseases. It's the restoration of ourselves. It's, it's the return of ourselves back to the purpose and plan of God by the power of God. So the author Luke here uses an amazing word here. It's one of the longest Greek words in the New Testament, katadunis tuo. Okay, don't try saying that. Okay, it's, it'll twist your tongue. But that word means to exercise harsh control over one and to oppress. The only other place it's used in the New Testament is in James 2.6, where James says, do not the rich oppress you. Okay, it's that kind of oppression, pressing down on. So what Peter is saying here in Acts chapter 10 is that Jesus was so anointed with the Holy Spirit at every place he went, whatever the oppression of the devil was, Jesus just brought healing, and Jesus brought deliverance, and he set the captives free. Hallelujah. So he's the example before us. All right, next slide, please. All right, now, I've been in a lot of places where people say, oh, man, if we could just get Jesus to come to our church. <laughs> um, well... That's wonderful, but I don't know if you'd really like it if, it if it was the real Jesus. Let me explain. Let's go over to Luke chapter 4. Getting Jesus to come to your church. <clears throat> Luke chapter 4. Let's read this story. Beginning in verse 31. Then he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. They were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Hallelujah. Now when authority is understood and demonstrated, it begins to be dangerous for the kingdom of hell. Please understand that. Now, this, there was no such thing as the church yet, so if, it's a synagogue, so it's the closest thing to church that there was, okay? And Jesus was in the synagogue. And there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. When the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is, for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. Okay, that's having Jesus come to your church. Now, everybody scream right out loud, tell us a story, doctor. Tell us a story. <laughs> Could such a thing happen again? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I was over in the state of Michigan several years ago. We were having Sunday morning church, just like this. I was a church, I had spoken in this church many times before pastor was a great friend of mine. He actually was a student of mine in college. And here we are on Sunday morning. And as I'm getting ready to go up, the Lord speaks to me and says, when you get up there, just broadcast healing over everybody. Don't lay hands on the sick at the front end of the service. And I said, okay. And so I did that. And I'm up there, and I am not, in my mind, I am not addressing demons. I'm just releasing healing. But it was kind of like Acts 10.38. <laughs> so I'm in the middle of doing that, kind of like what Pete did here a little while ago. I'm in the middle of doing that, and from the back of the church comes this blood-curdling scream. Way louder than that. Everybody heard it. 
And the church was full on Sunday morning. Okay. This was not Friday night, Pastor Jake. This was not Saturday night. It was Sunday morning. So, she did, this lady just did the scream one time. I kind of opened my eyes and looked. There she was. And, but then she just kind of walked back over to her seat. And I just kept going. And that's what I always do. I just keep going. Hallelujah. But in a few minutes, I asked for testimonies. And she came walking up to the front. And she gave this rambling testimony that I, I did, truly, I did not understand. And you know how you have some scenes in your mind where things are in slow motion? Okay, so I knew she needed something more. And so my hand coming down to touch the top of her head, even when I tell the story right now, I can see it in slow motion. And the moment my hand touched the top of her head, she was thrown to the floor, not slain in the spirit. This was the power of a demon. She arched her back and started crab walking in a circle around in front of the whole church. Not on Friday night, not on Saturday night, on Sunday morning, you got it. So what do you do now? <laughs> they didn't train me on this in graduate school. <laughs> so what I did was, since I have Jesus in me, I believe Jesus is there. And all the authority and all the power that Jesus has is available to me if I believe it. I've got to believe it, and I've got to act on it. Amen? So, I, and she's doing this thing, and everybody's watching, okay? So I point my finger right into the middle of her body, and I speak to the demon, and I say, you come out of her now. And her whole body just vroomk like this, just goes down instead of being arched flat on the floor. And the instant her whole back hit the floor, she flipped over on her, her stomach with supernatural strength, started slithering like a snake. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> not on Friday night, not on Saturday night, on Sunday morning, yeah. So I walked over there to where she was slithering around, and I pointed my finger at that one again, and I said, you are coming out right now in the name of Jesus. And whoa. It came out of her, and she laid down, and she didn't do anything more. And the pastor's wife came and kind of started ministering to her. And we went on with the service. But, you know, I think you would have to admit that's a little unusual in North America for a Sunday morning church service, okay? Uh, so all through my message, I'm talking to myself, okay? And here's what I'm saying. Nichols... When this service is over, you are going to go and stand at the back door of this church, and you are going to stand there and answer any question and talk to any person that comes by there that wants to talk about that. That's what I'm telling myself. And when the service ended, I did exactly that. I went back there. And there were, I don't know, there were probably 200 people there that morning. And about a dozen people stopped on the way out. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm not here to wreck Pastor Todd's church. I mean, Jesus, I know you came to church, and this is wonderful. This lady got set free, and ah, you know. Every person that stopped to talk to me said something like this. I'm so glad this happened in our church this morning. <laughs> you are? <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, another guy said, he stopped and said, this is the New Testament here portrayed right before our eyes. I said, Hallelujah, Really? And about a dozen people, not one negative comment from, from anybody. And I praised God. And what I understood later on was this congregation was at a point of maturity where the Lord could actually allow that kind of thing to happen on a Sunday morning. And the people weren't all, oh, man, I'm never coming back there. There are demons, you know. They were at a place of spiritual maturity where the Lord could allow that. And you know what I believe about this place? 
I believe you guys are coming into a place of spiritual maturity. And it's not that you seek it. I mean, this wouldn't be our first choice, would it, Pastor Jake, to have demonized people crawling around like snakes up here? <laughs> it wouldn't be my first choice. But if it happens, what do we do? We, we come to the service ready. And I know this man. He comes to the service ready. And you come to the service ready. We are not in some little fantasy land thing here that, well, this is all coochie-noochie and everything's beautiful. We are in a war. And we are winning in the name of Jesus. But sometimes we've got to fight a battle in this war and exercise our authority. Amen? Amen. Well, hallelujah. Let's uh, go to the next slide. And then to the next. Let's, let's skip over that one. Let's go to this Mark chapter 5. And uh, this is an amazing passage. Uh, we won't read the whole passage here, but let me just summarize it for you. This is Jesus and the madman of Gadara. Jesus arrives lands on the shore, crossing the Sea of Galilee, lands in Gadara, and the first thing that happens is this guy comes running to him. Now, I don't know if you read the scriptures with these kinds of questions like I do, but anyway, for a long time, I wanted to understand, hey, you know this, this phrase, demon possession? That would mean Satan owned him. If Satan owned him, and by the way, this guy was heavily demonized, probably the most demonized man in the Bible, okay? But instead of running away, he runs to Jesus. How does he do that if Satan owns him? Satan doesn't own him. God sent Jesus into this world to break that lie and to bring deliverance and to bring freedom to the captives, and that's what happens in this story. Can you say amen to that? Amen. It says uh, about the man, his dwelling, verse 3, was among the tombs. No one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. Chains had been pulled apart by him, shackles broken. He was always in the, the mountains day and night. He was uh, crying out, cutting himself. Anybody paying attention to that here today? Cutting himself. There's a lot of people in our culture today cutting themselves because of the pressing down of demon spirits upon them. It isn't the demon spirits that are cutting them. They're cutting themselves. But it's that oppression. It's that depression. It's that robbing of their, their human spirit within them. That's what Satan's all about. He loves that kind of stuff. And it's destruction. And I'm here to tell you, it ends in the name of Jesus. I was preaching this at a, a healing conference in uh, uh, central Minnesota last summer. And uh, one of the pastors there, uh, we, we always had a prayer for people at the end of the services. And, and he was just listening to the words of this. And these words were quickened to him that this madman of Gadara was cutting himself constantly. And at the end of that service, we were all up in front praying for different people. And this particular pastor, Pastor Earl, is over here. And here is a 20-year-old young man that comes up. I'm cutting myself, and I don't want to do it anymore. Pastor Earl cast five demons out of that boy right there at the altar, and he doesn't cut himself anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, friends, this is real. So, the whole subject of mental illness, illness, demonic or not, I'll just be real brief with it. Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. There are no hard and fast rules here. Um, you maybe explain to me why in all the professional careers that people have in the Western world, the suicide rate is the highest among psychiatrists. That's a fact. Because sometimes it is demonic. And notice that the man ran to Jesus, not away from him. We talked about the crying and cutting. There was a ruling spirit here named Legion. And Jesus took authority over them all. They left, went into the pigs. And then clothed and in his right mind, he follows Jesus. Jesus. 
Now, I, uh, I'm a guy that likes to have adventures in the kingdom of God. Okay, I, I don't know why, I just am. And so I prayed to the Lord one time, Lord, I want to see the miracles of the Bible right in front of me. I just, and I, and I was a sincere heart. It wasn't about sensationalism. I just wanted to see them. Because I believe, I certainly believe them. But there's something that happens when you see what's written in this word played out right in the world you live in. And one that happened was a man born blind was healed in the nation of Rwanda. That, and I'll never forget that night. 33 people testified of healings in their eyes. And the last one was a guy born blind. A government official came up, unscripted, okay, came up on our platform and testified to the fact that he knew the guy, that he was born blind. Hallelujah. But another one that happened to me happened in uh, the nation of Tanzania. And it so taught me out of this passage right here when this happened to me. And so uh, let's go to the next slide, please. All right, let me explain this picture. That horizontal object down there with a vertical thing up, that's an arm and that's a body of a man. That's the madman of Kahama. We started our meeting, okay? I'm the guy I prayed, I wanna see the miracles of the Bible. God says, okay, here you go, <laughs> all right? I looked out over the crowd. There were like 15,000 people there that night. I looked out over the crowd, and the crowd was splitting apart like snow in front of a V plow. And running through that opening was this man running straight at the platform. I said to myself, if he doesn't slow down, he's going to be in a world of hurt real soon. And he slammed his body against the steel undergirding of our platform and fell back, flopping around like a fish. In that moment, I understood this thing about the madman of Gadara running to Jesus instead of running away from him. And it's very important to understand. Every demonized person, no matter light influence, medium level, heavy influence, every person that's being influenced by a demon is a person who's created in the image of God. Every one of them is a potential child of God amen. if they can be set free and begin to walk in the light. Can you say amen to that today? Amen. So these two policemen there came and these three other guys, they grabbed them by the arms and legs, they dragged them off the field. Everybody in the village knew this guy. He lived in the garbage dumpsters. That's kind of like tombs. He subsisted on the garbage that people threw in those dumpsters. Oh, it wasn't beautiful on Alaska, Wisconsin garbage. This is third world village garbage. Yeah. Quite heavily demonized. So we went ahead with our service, had an altar call, hundreds of people came to Jesus. We came to the end of the service and I sent the team down to pray for the sick. And then I went down behind him. Now I'm on the ground. I'm not on the platform. I don't have a mic. I'm just a guy, okay? But I am a guy who is filled with the Holy Spirit. And I am a guy who has Jesus in him. And I am also a guy who is beginning to understand the perfect love of the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm standing there, and two African men that looked like linebackers picked this guy up by main strength and carried him and stood him right in front of me. There he is. His only garment on his body is a yellow shirt tied around his waist by the sleeves. He is mentally gone. Heavily demonized. Not possessed. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. 
It's quite important that you believe that when, when you try to minister deliverance to a person that nobody is possessed. Jesus bought them. That's right. Hallelujah. That settles a lot of things right out the gate. <laughs> so, something very unusual happened. I looked at him, and the first thing that happened is I loved him. I can't explain that rationally to you. This man was in as bad a shape as a human being could be. And the love of the Father just welled up in my heart for him. But at the same time, I'm, of course, my mind is racing, oh, what would Jesus do? And I, real quick, I landed on one thing. What would Jesus do? What Jesus would do would say one of these smallest little two-letter words of the English language called go. <laughs> and so that's what I did. I, I kind of braced myself back, and I said, the only word I spoke to this man in this whole encounter was this. I said as loud as I could, go. And I said it to every demon in him. And there were hundreds. And then I just stood there. He didn't run. He didn't thrash around on the ground. I believe mighty warring angels were holding him up. As the Spirit of God and the name of Jesus bore down on him and demons just started, I watched with my own eyes. His head would shake around a little bit. His eyelids would flutter. And, and hundreds and hundreds of demons peeled off of this guy. Finally, I couldn't help myself. I loved him, right? I stepped forward. I grabbed him in my arms and held him to myself. And by the way, I'm not an expert in this subject. I'm just a practitioner, <laughs> okay? All right? I've had the experts criticize me. He had demons in him, and you grabbed him and held him to yourself. I said, yeah, I did. He said, I got somebody in me, too. <laughs> His name is Jesus, and he's way bigger than any demon they've got. So I held him. More demons came out of him. Love started pouring into him. More demons left. And after a while, I probably held him, I don't know, it was five, six, seven minutes, I don't know. And then I, I started looking, in, and I could see the light of reason returning to his eyes. And he's fiddling with that shirt. And so I'm helping him. He wants to get his arms in the shirt, and it's the only thing he's got. I'm praying, Lord, let it be long enough, please. You know, it's like, <laughs> because people are watching us by now, Okay. So he gets the shirt on, and uh, uh, Bishop Eugene and I turn him over to two pastors that take him home, and they take turns sleeping, and they watch him all through the night. Now, those are pastors, hallelujah. They cared for this guy. And they called the next day, and I saw Eugene talking to him, and this is what they said. They said, we took him home, and we gave him water for a bath. I said, that's very good, thank you, okay. I mean, he was living in the garbage dumpsters. And uh, they said, we put food on a table in front. He ate the food, he didn't throw the food. They said, he carries on a conversation in our Swahili language. So we gave him clothes, he's wearing the clothes. We're just telling you, he's okay. And we're like, all right, bring him tonight. We want to get him up to testify. Next slide, please. There he is. The second night of the crusade, hallelujah. Standing clothed and in his right mind. That's kind of like Mark chapter five. Give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. That's him. Bless the name of the Lord. Now this next slide, let's go to that. It might be a little hard to see with the lights and everything up here. Is there any way to kill these platform lights for a minute? Because this is the slide that really gets me. I guess I'll have to describe it to you. These forms out here in front are our worship team that we sent back out there, it's starting to get dark, obviously, and standing behind it, you can almost kind of see a gray form back there. That's him. 
standing behind a worship team on the third night with his hands in the air praising Jesus, praising his creator, praising his redeemer, praising his deliverer, set free by the power and the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is amazing. Everything this book tells you Jesus did is real. And he cast out demons almost every place he went. So next slide, please. Let's just take up some terms. Diamonizomai, these are all Greek terms here, okay, from the New Testament, to be under the influence of a demon spirit. Daimonion is a demon spirit. Diabolos is the devil. And once again, the King James has mixed this all, all up. It says there were uh, many devils in a person. There's only one devil, Diabolos in Greek. He is Lucifer. He's the fallen archangel. Uh, he's the one that was thrown out of heaven. He's the one that was there in the garden to deceive Adam and Eve. His exploits are all through Scripture. And then we come to the New Testament and Jesus defeats him. Hallelujah. With a cross, with blood, with a resurrection. Hallelujah. So just get these terms clear. There are demon spirits. There's one devil. He's kind of like the supervisor of that kingdom, okay? <laughs> and... Uh, we're defeating him in Jesus' name. Angelos is a kind of a neutral Greek word, meaning messenger or angel. There are fallen angels and there are good angels. Paul says, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, an angelos from Satan was given to him to buffet him. Remember that passage. That's another whole subject for another day. But there are both kinds. So our conclusion here this morning is that demonization is a continuum for human beings from light to heavy influence, okay? And I'm here to tell you that whatever the kind of influence is, calling on the name of Jesus is the answer. And church, listen to me. This is the heart of your pastor. Why would we come and have such wonderful, awesome worship. Hey, you guys, by the way, Pete really meant what he said here. Look, we travel around and we're in many different kinds of churches all the time. It's not like this everywhere. With the glory of the worship and the exaltation of the risen Christ that happens here, it's awesome, you guys. And it's gotta be that way. It really does. But there's another component with it, and that is the purity of our lives. The reason Jesus walks into a synagogue and the demons begin to manifest, it is the raw purity of the nature of God, the righteousness of who God is, the unrighteousness of demons can't stand it. And I would just challenge you, and not only at church, what if you're living a pure life before the Lord? Your, your eyes and mind and heart are set on Jesus. You're, you're in the word, you're, you're worshiping him, and you're, you're living this life. You walk into Walmart, I mean, can I just tell you at Walmart, they are completely out of stock of de deliverance from demons. <laughs> they don't have any in, in the store. It's gotta be imported. <laughs> the supply chain has gotta be unbroken <laughs> to bring it in through you. All right, same thing with healing, physical healing of the body, they're out of stock. Same thing, salvation of the soul at Walmart. You go to customer service and stand in line and say, hey, I wanna get my soul saved. Uh, if the, the person's a Christian, there's a small possibility you might get it there, but not, not very likely. Salvation, healing, and deliverance has gotta be imported into Walmart by you, hallelujah. Living holy, living righteous in the name of Jesus. And you know what? You don't have to go around looking for trouble. I don't. <laughs> trouble comes to me, <laughs> as you can tell from these testimonies. And when it comes, I'm ready. That's no boast about myself, that's my boast in Jesus. Because he keeps me ready. And the power of the Holy Spirit, amen? amen. Last slide, please. Tell your neighbor he's almost done. Go ahead, tell, tell him. 
<laughs> One time I said that, a wife turned to her husband and said, what did that mean? He said, nothing. <laughs> no, Ephesians 1. This is where we're going to end today. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Demons have names. Sicknesses, diseases have names. All this stuff has names. And there's one name that has been exalted above them all, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Okay, now think about this. All things are under Jesus' feet, and you are his body. You are his feet. You are his legs. You are his arms. You're the body of Jesus. So what does that mean? It means they're under your feet. This lie that Satan has been telling for two millennia now, that he's this mighty, big, powerful thing. Christians better look out. You know, just don't talk about it. Don't ever do anything with it because, oh, when the kingdom of hell roars. Huh? I'm done with that in the name of Jesus. He's been defeated. Now look, I understand when he gets corporate groups of people and witchcraft and seances and all, there's certain kinds of power they can have, but it's not going to affect us because we are under a substance that makes us uh, totally immune, should we say, called the blood of Jesus, and we believe it. And we're not living a compromised life. Well, this little thing over here, not so bad. You know, there's that thing going on on the computer. And there's this attitude that I got here for this family member. Listen, we are going to walk pure. We are going to walk clean and holy before the Lord. It's going to be nothing. It's going to be like when the, the demons came to Jesus. Satan himself came. Jesus said, he comes, he finds nothing in me. There was nothing in Jesus for saying, hey, I'm going to pull this little tag right here. Come here. Be like that. It's awesome that way. Because when you get into the presence of demons and you tell them what to do, they have to do it. I'm serious. Demons will do what you will let them do. And I choose to not let them hurt people or harm people in any way. I have one word for them. Out and go. Those are great words for demons. Amen? Amen. Amen. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Hallelujah. That's the victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. I think you should just give praise to God here this morning for the greatness of that victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. The might and the power in the name of Jesus. And let's live expectantly. Jesus is going to use us in this victory.